What is a summertime patriot? Y'all heard me use this term many times. A summertime patriot is someone who is willing to stand up for what's right and willing to take pride in their nation and stand for the rights and liberties and freedoms that we were granted just because we were born here. When it's easy. When it's popular. When it's fun. When it's cool. There are people that talk a good talk, but they do not walk a walk. When shit gets hard, they run. When it's time to make that hard call and say that hard thing. Well, it's don't rock a boat, don't cause drama. Well, surely it can't be that bad. Well, come on. They'll be better than that, won't they? And they sit there and they do nothing. And we've all been guilty of it for far too long. It's how we got to this particular part. Wake up! These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this time of crisis shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands by deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What obtained too cheap we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. We seek fellow winter soldiers because unlike the sunshine patriots, we stand by our country. Through thick and thin, doing whatever it takes to serve it, including exposing the crimes of those in government, in order to steer it back to the right track. Let it be told that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. The term winter soldier is contrast of the summer patriot, who deserted at Valley Ford because things got hard. We were drawing the blood red line, have to be the winter soldiers now. We could be quiet. We could comply and live peaceful lives, but we feel because of what threatens this country, the medical tyranny, the silencing of dissenting voices, not from foreign nations, but our own government, it is why we must speak and stand. Remember the final line of the declaration that we mutually pledged each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our secret honor. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for, protected, for if trouble must come, let it come in our time, so that our children can live. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tear. And today we are joined by Freya! Holy shit, she lives, she breathes! Been a while. You know Marcus unseated you as the absolute queen of the podcast, right? Fuck Marcus. Uh, oh shit! I, I don't think uh, I don't think that Marcus would appreciate the title of queen. But hey, look, that was a, that was two for one special. Okay. <laughs> so on our last episode, one of the side topics that we were talking about uh, was uh, dinosaur research. They found actual usable dinosaur DNA in China. In China, nothing good comes from China. wait wait i have a video for you i i want Is you to see yeah i watched it there you go that one it's just the itty bitty thing 
Look, they're feeding it human milk. <laughs> Fucking no! <laughs> just no. <laughs> Fuck no, hell no. I just thought I it was funny that no. was just the very last episode. We were just talking about it, and now they have them. <laughs> but no. And then so, he has to mention Krakatoa grew like 300 fucking feet in 48 hours. Cracka who? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's a volcano. Ah. By the way, hold on for a second. Before we get too deep into this, um, Wifey, I would like to actually correct you on something you said earlier. Oh, shit. Now, you said that you live in the ghetto, and I'd like to respectfully disagree and tell you that the ghetto locks its door when it drives through your neighborhood. Yo, we had a standoff down the road today. My point! <laughs> Make my fucking point for me! <laughs> yep. We gotta get you out of that blue hell and down into some, you know, red heaven down here. Yeah. I want to be in a red state so bad. You have to move south of the Mason-Dixon line for that shit. Yep. Mm. So tonight we have a fun topic. We're going to talk about... about Circles of preparedness. What? Not being distracted. With all of the craziness. Like, everybody right now is running around all happy that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Or everybody is, or everybody is paying attention to the Johnny Depp, whatever her name is, her thing pooping in the bed, chick, right? Wait, what? At, on that trial, what? What? You did not hear that? It came out in the trial. Apparently, she got mad at him. It's just shit the bed. His yeah. side of the bed. <laughs> look, look, I'm a fan of petty behavior, but that is beyond fucking petty. Like, I don't want to approve, but holy shit. <laughs> Pun intended. She is a bad person. Yeah, she yes, is. She's a horrible person. Just so you know, I would never shit on anybody's side of the bed. Maybe in their shoe, but not in their bed. <laughs> That's a fucking crazy bitch. Fuck. She admitted to punching him. She sit here at, on audio. They have an audio recording recording of him, of her admitting that she beat on him, uh, and she claims that he hit her and gave the palette that she used the the color palette the the makeup kit that she used as evidence, right? Gave it to the court. And the manufacturer of that said makeup line said that when did the abuse happen? And she said 2014 or 2016. And they said, um, we didn't release that particular palette until 2017. You a lying ass Look bitch. Now, there are some stuff I'm not paying particularly close attention to the trial. It's just, you know, I look for people who congregate news stories and get the the basic gist of it right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I listen to Tim Pool because uh, I like to get a, a balanced perspective. So I listen to a bunch of different sources. And they may listen or they may talk about it for like five minutes and then move on. 
which in reality is probably the highest tolerance I have built up for the crap that happens with people I hate. So fair enough. But, uh, so they talked about, you know, like there may be some indications of him burning her with a cigarette. In this case, I think it is not a, uh, I, I don't think it's a case of she's a toxic person and he's not, or he's a toxic person and she's not. I think that together they are both toxic people. Like they feed off of each other. Does that make sense? I'm not supposed to be petty. Okay. No I more. think she's a toxic person. <laughs> I think they're both toxic, but I think they amplify each other. I could see that, but I'm yeah, but she petty. also shit the bed. All right, I just want to clarify: she shit the bed. That's just a lie too far. <laughs> on his side of the bed, and then when he confronted her, she blamed it on the dog. He goes, "You make me walk the dog, so I have to pick up poop after that dog all the time." I know that's not the dog's poop. Wait, that is too much detail in your personal lives right there. Yeah, but but, but my question is, <laughs> did, did, did Freya just say herd on a turd? Yeah. I'm done with you. <laughs> herd on a turd. <laughs> Elf on a shelf, whore on a door, herd on a turd, you know. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> All right, so we have mentioned that this week is preparing us for, and I hope that you've clicked the link in the podcast descriptions. I'll put it in everyone this week to go watch the clip uh, to go watch the movie that's free on YouTube, so you don't have to pay anything for it, but you can watch it. And it talks about the blackout. And then Friday, we're going to focus on the preparedness for that type of situation and how to get ready. So you're not so afraid. For those of you who don't have skills. What? Now, last episode, we mentioned it, but we didn't actually share the two articles. I didn't get a chance to read about the uh, cheating for skills. For Reaper. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to... So, Okay. Reaper says that he doesn't want to, um, or he doesn't know how to plant a garden. And I said, just put seeds in. Well, there's this, there's this thing called a seed blanket, right? Yeah. Where you just roll it out on the ground and then water it every day. Yep. And it grows the plants. You get to pick which ones you want to put in the vegetable garden, what plants. And they'll align them for you. They'll put it in. You just roll it out and then water it. Done. <laughs> but on tomorrow's episode, we'll go into more uh, more detail. How, well, how to prep. How to prep when you think that the end is near without being afraid. That there's steps that you can do. Right? Basic steps. And we're gonna we're gonna break it down in the military. We say we're gonna break it down Barney style, you know, very simple. So we're we're gonna do that on the next episode. But this one we're gonna talk about circles of preparation. So simple, a marine can do it. Uh, I will. 
It's kind of like Obama said about Biden, never underestimate somebody's ability to fuck something up that is incredibly simple. So take that how you want. <laughs> I found crayon flavored ice cream. Can we save that for the apocalypse? Only if you want to hire a security team of Marines. <laughs> hey boys, I got crayon flavored ice cream. Security. <laughs> All right. So Selco, well, let me go get his for a little bit of a background though, Selco is an individual that would never was never really a prepper, but got thrown into a situation during the war where he had no choice but to fucking survive. Yeah. And it's one of it, like listening to him talk and explain some of the stuff that he had, he did. It's impressive. Now, he has two books that you can buy on Amazon, and I don't care if you buy them or not, but if you decide to and you decide to read them, be advised that, you know how I like survival theory because it's dirty and, and gritty and it's real, right? These are told from people who from people who've already gone through the worst of the worst. So a little bit on Selko. He survived he survived the Balkan War of the 90s in a city under siege without electricity, running water, or food distribution. So in his books he talks about what works, what doesn't, uh, the hard lessons he learned, uh, how he prepared, uh, how he he never, from that moment, it fundamentally changed who he was. So he never stopped preparing. It, it became a lifestyle for him because it was the only thing that got his family through. And he has some dire warnings for America. This is not what this article is about. This one is about focusing. To drown out all, I mean, because if it, a lot of our audience comes to us from TikTok, people that we know, that people that have, have come across our little clips and stuff like that and some people from youtube and we know that you can easily get distracted with all of the drama and the politics and all of that stuff and uh <coughs> it helps to take a step back and and selco just recently wrote this article and i think it's good to help focus to get people on track in the in the prepping mindset all right, let's see. Do, 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 do. All right, starts out with uh, all the experiences had relating to survival when it comes to the survival mindset. The most valuable one is what he calls circles, survival circles. You have small circles and big circles. And as survival get or as situations get worse and more dire, your circles should get smaller. Your focus goes from paying attention to everything, to your immediate surroundings and your neighbors. This way you're not caught blindsided because you're focusing just on your neighbors You're like you're paying attention. But if you realize that you can't change it or it's a distraction, and I don't like using the term distraction, but if it's something that's noise, background noise, you learn to turn it off and shrink that circle. Filler people. Right. So very simplified can be put into one sentence and it's nothing is more important except you and the people around you. That's the survival circle. Right. 
But it that statement is extremely oversimplified. The example when shit hits the fan or before it is, if you pay attention only to you and the people in your immediate surroundings, you'll fail to notice something important that is happening, let's say, in another part of your country, which might influence you and your survival. If you are preparing for a grid-down situation, but international news or national news says that they've spent the $4 billion needed to buff up the... Uh, the the cyber network and electrical grid to to protect against that the odds of needing to survive for that it drops significantly can i point out that you said it took how much four billion to to harden our infrastructure our electric grid yeah okay and we're sending how much to ukraine every month after this five billion why are we sending money to ukraine because we're bitches. <laughs> because we're spending five billion. Well, NATO is spending five billion dollars to sit here and prop up the Ukrainian economy. That's the minimum. That's what Zelensky said. The minimum he needs to keep the country running. No, oh, if you think that's bad, the fact that we opened up our strategic oil reserves and sent them everywhere else but a fucking America. So another term to memorize is the word shrinking. You get more of an idea what that's about as time goes on. The important important things have influence on your survival circle. We are constantly immersed in a whole bunch of absolutely irrelevant information. Even worse, we want to know more and more and in a faster way this irrelevant information. Everything from who... Uh, who show you know uh, real uh, on reality TV shows to trivia? Who signed up for what contract? Sports club, movies, theaters, whatever, right? You know the stuff that's currently going on. With you know we talked about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case, right? The slapping of Will Smith, right? All of those. You things. know you could you could wrap this up in one simple phrase. Humans have a a very unique problem. It's only found in our species. We like a flaming train wreck, and we want to know more. Even though we shouldn't, even though it's none of our fucking business, we can't look away. We want to see how this train wreck ends. I should have opened it with that Bread and Circuses video again. Oh, shit. Right? Right? But the train wreck is fed to us. Yeah. So, it's human nature, and it's fun, and, you know... There's nothing wrong with it in small doses. But with that constant run for information, we fail to distinguish uh, which information is actually important and which information might have an influence on us uh, personally, right? Maybe in 10 days or a month or a year and so on so that we can simply act on a certain timeline. Uh, I'm not against trivial fun stuff. I'm against equalizing it with important things. For example, if one day you read that a strange new virus showed up in a country far away from you and it is spreading very fast, changing how the country runs, changing completely the way of life, of normal functioning of the systems there, do you take that information in the same way that you took about some spicy sex scandal? Most Americans would pay more attention to the sexy scandal than the pandemic or that virus that they were 
was an example. <laughs> That's terrifying. Right? That's fucking reality. So, well, think about this. How many people do we know that are not focused on, on the the World Health Organization or any of the lockdowns, any of the mandates, things that are being passed through right now, things that are important will affect you, even if you think it won't. But they're too busy on, let's just take the, the clock app, they're too busy on TikTok going, hey, they fucked so-and-so, or hey, she cheated on him, or hey, things that don't fucking matter. How many people do we know that get distracted? Hell, I'm guilty of it. So... How about how about this one? We won't use COVID nineteen because I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and look back in the past and go, well, yeah, twenty hindsight's twenty twenty. How about this one? The avian bird flu has effectively killed two people in China, and they've declared it a state of emergency. The how the fuck they figured it was the avian bird flu that killed them when they welded them all into their buildings? With it wasn't COVID. in Shanghai. It was in Beijing. Oh. Oh, so Shanghai is where COVID is, and avian bird flu is going to be in Beijing. Yeah, probably. So at the at the moment that I tell you that two people have died from avian bird flu, in addition to they've killed 25 million chickens and turkeys in the United States because of that same avian bird flu, right now you don't think it affects you. I think the the bird flu may catch more attention because people instinctively have the ability to recognize that that's going to hurt the food chain even more. Right. Uh, but for the most part, between that and uh, Biden being brain dead, right, and making another gaffe being chased by the fucking Easter Bunny, right, both of those seem relevant at the time. Right. But it's up to you to choose what is most important and take, uh, take steps to act. If you're a survivalist or a prepper, right, you conclude that the virus spreading everywhere is far more dangerous. Uh, maybe you conclude, uh, conclude that you need to stock up on items like antibiotics, masks, gloves, whatnot, right? Maybe you might think from the point of I'll stock up on some things before they become scarce so I can sell them and earn money later, right? Grid down situation, not. You know, because they'll get you for price gouging now. Right? <laughs> Maybe you simply tell yourself, okay, this info requires more attention. Right? I need to follow this so I can take proper actions before everybody else figures out the same thing and takes the same action. Think of the toilet paper run. I don't know why that was a thing. But... I don't either. I don't. I don't. Like, I, that's why I keep telling people, it's like, if they're willing to do it for toilet paper, what the fuck do you think they're going to do for the last loaf of bread? When they did it for gas. Yo, you there have were people... morons up here that had laundry baskets with trash bags in them to fill them up with gas. <laughs> so, maybe you did all that, or maybe you did not. It's not so important now in, in the article that he's talking about. But what is important to understand is... Uh, among a whole bunch of information, there's information that is actually important to you, even if the events are happening or far away, because eventually some of them are going to have an influence on you personally. As a prepper, you need to be constantly a few steps ahead of other people. The importance of timing, right? It's not about being the big tough guy. It's about figuring things out before other people do. <coughs> that wasn't a direct jab at you. It's in the article. <coughs> Now, how does that relate to survival circles, right? 
When the situation deteriorates more and more, you will have to learn, preferably before it actually deteriorates, <laughs> take care uh, to take care only about your own survival circle, which might be your family, for example, or some other survival group. You will notice that as the situation deteriorates, everything other than that immediate survival circle becomes irrelevant as the situation gets worse. For example, if shit hits the fan in your region, it is not really important to you how many people died in a war in Africa, however bad that sounds, right? Or to bring it more close to home, imagine you lost your job. There are horrible racial tensions, riots are happening in your city, and hospital staff cannot take good care of your sick kid because they're overwhelmed with other stuff. Do you think it is more important to you to spend eight hours arguing about what political opinion should rule? Or is it time to take care only of your own survival circle and fix the things that are fixable for you so that you can be prepared for worse things that might be coming? Simplified again, there are big circles and small circles in our lives. The shit that happens on TikTok, big circle, right? The us, right? Our, our little survival family here, small circle, right? As things deteriorate, and they do deteriorate everywhere, you need to pick less and less things from the big circle to be concerned with. For me, that is what gave me the power to sit here and be like, I don't give a fuck what happens on TikTok. Because as I look more into the news and the stuff that happens, right, and since we have other ways to communicate other than the clock app, right, I sit here and it's like, okay, I don't need to focus on the drama there. I don't care about the drama. Right. I'm trying to put messages out there that matter. Right. Stuff to help prepare people. And you choose only those important things or information that have an influence on you. When things are getting bad, you direct your attention completely on your own survival circle. Because again, and that's not and here's something else. That's not selfish. A lot of people go, Well, that's a selfish thing. You should think of the community. Oh, fuck the community. Which community? The community, yeah, yeah, the well, community it, on TikTok? No, I'm talking about when when you're in a shit hits the fan scenario. A lot of people go taking care of you and you you and yours only is a very selfish way of looking. It's like no, no, survival is about being selfish. Survival is about putting you and yours above anyone else. Morals don't matter. Have you ever Your feelings don't matter? Have you ever read Anne Ryan? Uh Selfishness is a virtue, or greed is a virtue. Yes. No, it's selfishness is a virtue. Yeah, so it talks about that. But so, so pay attention when things are shrinking. Know when they're starting to get smaller, right? Connected to all of the above, there's something like shrinking, or at least I call it that. I've experienced it, and you're probably experiencing some signs of it right now in your life if you're honest and paying attention. When a situation goes bad, really bad, there's shrinking. Or actually, more precise, it gets fragmented, right? Whatever the reason, and reasons are always big in terms of polarizing people, societies go into fragmentation. Not tribalism, fragmentation. Because if you have tribes, and, and people will talk about this on, the, uh, on TikTok or in different uh, political groups that we do, you know, Oh, you're you're dividing us into tribes, right? Conservative, Republican, Patriot, Trump supporter, MAGA supporter, Q person, right? Left, uh, 
uh, LGBTQ, right? Those are tribes, right? But tribes can still be big. When you defragment something, they're much, much smaller. They're broken. In a bad political situation, a city makes a decision that opposes the central government and it decides to make its own decisions. Or a region does not want to implement a state law because of whatever reason. It does not have to be a political reason. It can be a health reason. For example, a city forbids outsiders travel in opposing central government law or decisions. Just to be clear, I'm talking about exa- I'm talking about examples from here, but maybe some of this sounds familiar, yes? So as the situation gets worse, things shrink. Circles are changing in terms that maybe that you woke up one morning and there's no central government, just your city rule. Now, if things really go to hell, eventually it shrinks to street level or to neighborhood level or even the level of your own home, right? I mean this in terms that you are only sure what is happening inside of your home and you have your own rules there outside of it. Everything else is unknown because you're hunkering down and you're focusing only on the stuff that matters, right? What to do when there is nothing you can do? You may be watching events in your country and the and the world and feel overwhelmed. What can I do? You know, I wrote about this before. Uh, you are a prepper. If you are paying attention to this and you're and you're preparing for the future, whether it's guns and ammunition, whether it's uh, supplies or water or acquiring new skills, right? You're a prepper. Otherwise, you wouldn't be tuning in to most of our podcasts. <laughs> Well, there are the Rage episodes. Those are fun to watch. Fair. But you go back to the basics and you stop panicking about all of the other stuff. Instead of running in place, do something useful in the basics department. If the world is crazy and you're like, there's no possible way that I can prepare for the scenario that I think is coming. And I had this problem for a long time. Is that I would get so overwhelmed with what I saw was coming that there was no way that I could prep for every possible scenario and it caused a lot of fear right so i had to instead of running in place trying to do a little bit of something right uh i had to go back to the basics for example what kind of medicines does your family members uh regularly take for any chronic conditions or something that you're prone to right stock up on those medications obtain a stash for for a few months or at least some natural substitutes like me, I have horrible sinuses, right? Because of my brain surgery, they pierced my sinus cavities. So I always have sinus headaches. So I have to take uh, medication. Well, because people take Sudafed 24-hour and make fucking drugs out of it, I can't buy a stockpile of it. So I had to get alternative methods for my sinuses, right? <laughs> Uh, if you're diabetic, there's natural herbs that you can take that won't replace a type 2 diabetic, right? Type 1 is a different scenario, but type 2 diabetic, you know, if you're not insulin dependent, there are herbs and supplements that you can take that can help keep your blood sugars low in addition to diet and exercise. You know, check how many rainy days your area has so that you know how many average days per year that you have to collect water from the roof. Right. Sit down and think about what essentials you need for one month period of not leaving your home. Y'all should be good for that. Right. We went through 2020, 2021. Right. 
right? Of, you know, not leaving. You should I know have, basically what you have, what you need in your house. I got sixteen bundles of toilet paper. I'm good. So you can't eat toilet paper. So you go back to the basics of survival, and that becomes your focus. And when you sit here and you focus on the circle, on what you have and what you need, right, and focus on just the basics, food, water, shelter, right, it becomes a lot easier to focus on that. To learn more, uh, so you focus on what affects you. The point of all of this is relating to your own survival circles, understanding how these things might work and in what direction before a majority of other folks so that you can prepare better. Right. Would it be safe to say that the way that his outlook on this, the, the, the circles of preparation or preparedness, uh, it's like a bullseye. Yeah. Like a dartboard. My favorite example is, do you remember Antonio Banderas getting trained by Anthony Hawkins as Zorro where he had the circle says, once you can defend the attacks of the circle, right. It gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. So that, uh, so it's not me telling you, you should sit at home in a dark room with a rifle because no help is, or because hell is coming. I'm not telling you that, right? I I'm telling you have fun, but know what is important and what is not. Do not live in fear. Be prepared, not afraid, right? Uh, be ready. Uh, to close your own survival circle very fast. So what do you all think about that? About the whole focusing your circle and trying to get out the distractions? I mean, for mental health reasons, it's good to turn out some of the outside noises in the bigger circle anyhow. But Well, Freya, Freya brought a, a soundbite to us a while back. Um, Americans have this problem where they think they have to have everybody on their side, but all you need are three bad motherfuckers. I have used that sound on a couple of videos. <laughs> yeah, because it's awesome. Because it's it's true though. I mean, <laughs> you got to be able to close ranks. I do disagree with one thing from Selko though. Okay. And it's more of a semantical way of of saying it. Fear keeps you alive. Terror is what is what uh, kills you. Well, Panic. what? Is what kills you. Well, what is fear it? keeps you alive? There, there's multiple types of fear, right? And the way I tried to explain it to Reaper is that if you're afraid of what's coming, you need to look at fear in one of two ways. It is either fear everything and run. That's the acronym: fear everything and run, or face everything and rise. It's like fear does one of two things. If you it, it either tells you to run away, or if you fear something, you get prepared to annihilate that son of a bitch. Could have just said fight or flight, but <laughs> but I am a flight <laughs> bird. There is a third that nobody ever talks about, and it's the static. And it is what I think that the people who are awake but not prepared are going to do, where they're going to see like conservative TikTok right now is a perfect example of people who are so awake right to the situation that they're the deer in the headlights where they know that they should run or they know that they should fight but they're so overwhelmed or they're, they're up. that they just freeze like they talk really loud 
they sit here and they're but they're not doing anything to prepare and they're not running away from the situation they're just kind of stuck and because they're stuck they don't know who to fight so they fight amongst themselves it's like the rats in the barrel Yes. Or the crabs, or the crabs in a in a pot. One crab will start to get out. The crabs will drag them right back in and start killing each other. Yeah. That's why you have to close your circle and close ranks fucking fast. Wait, the situation dictates like okay, the the amount of doom that you see is coming varies even between the three of us, right? Freya is a very positive person. So she sees hope and uh, she sees uh, opportunity. Yeah, she sees opportunity. She still wants to reach out. She still wants to wake people up, right? That type of thing, right? You, on the other hand, have a totally different have a totally different mindset than that, right? Yours is we need to fight right now. Right now. Right, because we're about to lose everything, and mine is different than that. Mine is you we know, should have fought, huh? Yours is more like we should have fought. Now we're preparing for the utter disaster that comes. Yeah, the that the opportunity to take that principled stand passed us by, and we were too awake to notice. So now we prepare and we preserve what we believe is important. It, you know, the books that I save, like, I know that if I have to leave my house, I'm going to leave a lot of books, which is why I sit here and went and got a survival Kindle, because the things that were important, the founding documents, the the different survival manuals, the different copyright free books that I can download onto a Kindle, right, and just store that information, knowing that that is something I'm going to want to preserve and pass on to a situation if society was to collapse, right? Or they become illegal, which is why it's a, it's a Kindle that has no attachment to the internet or data program so that they can't come into it and go, I'm going to remove that from you, right? That's why they don't like you having physical copies of things so that they can change it and you'll never know. Yep. That's what they do to the dictionaries. That's what they do to the Bibles. If you don't have, if you don't have a an old copy of the Bible, things have changed. Dictionary definitions have changed. The books, the the dictionary definitions from 1982 are vastly different than the ones they are now. Right, and the farther back you go, the more they change, the more they're different. Right. So you sit here, and there's something that is politically correct now. But in five years, it's not politically correct. You don't have a digital copy of that movie that shows that cool scene that you really like. They just change it. And you'll never know. And you'll be like, wait, I thought, oh, well, you must be suffering from the Mandela effect. No, you went and fucking changed it because nobody has a physical copy of it. And you can just make that shit up now. Isn't that called gaslighting? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. We really are, as a society, just the battered housewife. Yep. Yeah. So, so that that's why it's important to sit here and refocus from time to time. 
That's why when people say I'm done with the ad, I'm I'm done with TikTok. I'm going to take a couple of days off, or I'm going to take a couple months off because I need to refocus. I'm like, good, good. You need it. You need that mental health break. You. There was a study that came out that that talked about um, that talked about that the average person nowadays receives more information in a single day than somebody who lived a hundred years ago did in a year. Yeah. That's Yet for all that information, though, we have the stupidest fucking generation. That's because they don't have to work for that knowledge. Back then, if you didn't, if you didn't have the information you needed to survive, what plants were usable, what you could eat, how you got water, how you hunted, tracked, read the weather, right? Information that was hard fought. If you didn't have that information, you die. Nowadays, people just sit here and call their latest voice-assisted app and say, can you tell me that, you know, Alexa, will you sit here, you know, and... and government government uh, surveillance, can you tell me if poison ivy is ingestible or not? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, how many people do you know can tell the difference of what poison oak and sumac and those look like? I can't. You know, Leaves of three, leave it be. (laughs) You know, there's an old saying on that, though. It's easy come, easy go. It has no value. Well, it's like uh, the the scientific study of forensics, right? That we knew knowledge, and then we lost it because it became too easy. We lose it, and then we have a brain drain. And we have to relearn that information, which is why you get areas such as, you know, you have the the Roman period, you know, the Greek and the Romans and the Western civilization, the building of empires, and then Dark Ages. And then you have the Enlightenment, right? And then you have us. You have, you have the so woke, their fucking brains fell out. Uh, what's that statement that you sent me the other day? They um, woke the... Uh, being now or uh, being aware of a situation and blaming everybody but yourself for it. Hold on, oh, no, wrong, wrong one. I'm looking, I'm looking. So while he's looking that up, Freya, repeat after me leaves of three, leaves of three, leave them be, touch them. <laughs> You know, I went I went out with a bunch of guys, and uh, a guy was making a bed, and I wasn't paying any attention. And he made a bed of leaves, and he was so comfortable. And I, I walked by, I took one look, and went, ah. <laughs> didn't say a word. Because he told me he was a Boy Scout. He knew what he was doing. I was like, yeah, well, this country boy doesn't want to tell you that you just made an entire two-and-a-half-foot-thick bed of poison ivy. How much trouble do we want to get in this episode? Full fucking send. I'm tired of holding back. Just fucking send it. All right, all right. Hey, that's not what you said last episode. Last episode, you were like, no, stop. That was a fucking dinosaur, okay? I don't No, You were talking about Krakatoa. It grew grew 100 meters or something like that. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about that. That's different because when you make a when you make a, a prediction or you start talking about it, shit happens. 
All right. He wants to go, hey, I'm not going to talk about how Krakatoa... I was like, yeah, and there he fucking goes. Yep. And he just starts giggling. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be the bad news... The, the, I was like, I don't want to I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. He's like, no, no, no. You want to be the harbinger, okay? I understand that. But we need to have a serious talk. I think we need to do an intervention, Freya. Because Odin doesn't have an understanding for what good means when we're talking about good news. Okay. I have I have a picture that is uploading. I'm going to put it on the screen. I want you to sit here and read the highlighted blue parts. And it's important because they're about to impose. There have already been certain states and counties that have already started reimposing max man, mask mandates and pushing for more boosters and vaccines. So I want you to read the blue part for me. Okay, there it is. You remember I'm full-spectrum colorblind, right? Mm. We may not be able to demonstrate sufficient efficacy or safety of our COVID-19 vaccine and or variant-specific formulations to obtain permanent regulatory approval in the United States, the United Kingdom, European Union, or other countries where it has been authorized for emergency use or granted conditional marketing approval. What the fuck? They know. And this came from the SEC, fi- the SEC filing for biotech, right? It came from them that they cannot prove that it is safe and effective. So they cannot get actual approval. Our revenue depends. Okay, here's from the actual SEC filing. Ready? Risks related to our COVID-19 vaccine and com- uh, commercialization of our pipeline. Our revenue depends heavily on sale of our COVID-19 vaccine and our future revenues from our COVID-19 vaccine are uncertain. It was granted emergency youth authorization in the United States and the United Kingdom and conditional marketing approval in the European Union in December of 2020, followed by an emergency or limited use authorization in a number of other countries. Prior to this, We had not sold or marketed any product in our pipeline. As a result, the majority of our total revenues and all of our product revenues in 2021 are attributable and in 2022 will be attributable to the sales of COVID-19 vaccine. There's intense competition in the field, including with other vaccines that have been authorized and those in the late stage clinical development. Our future revenues from sales of our COVID-19 vaccine depend on numerous factors. It's like that. It's like TikTok <laughs> sounds sometimes good, sometimes maybe a shit. Yeah, but they but cannot. Make it mandatory. They cannot get enough, right? So they say we may not be able to demonstrate sufficient efficacy or safety of our COVID nineteen vaccine to obtain permanent regulatory approval in jurisdiction where it's been authorized for emergency use. It has been granted USDA uh, USDA approval for individuals 16 years and older, emergency or limited use authorization in a number of countries, and approval for use in certain other countries. It's it not been approved. To explode, and it may or may not prevent COVID, but you're going to take it anyway. So right. you know what? Remember when I said, you know, fuck me harder, daddy government? I, I, I take that back. Fuck me harder, big pharma. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Oh, here, I will share the screen with you so you can see where I got it from. This is the SEC filing. I went and downloaded it before they shut it down. 
There are a whole lot of words. Hold on. Get rid of the picture. There are a whole lot of words there, so you're probably not going to be able to read it. But I have it. So there is no reimbursement of coverage, no intellectual property program. Right. Uh, we may never achieve or maintain profitability without obtaining regulatory approval for additional indication, which means they know that their vaccines are shit and that they'll never get regulatory approval. So they have to keep extending the emergency youth authorization so can that I they can charge the government. Can I say it again? Yeah, go ahead. Wake up! <laughs> Like, I don't get it. Like, th this slaps people in the face like a giant cock. And they're all sitting there going, oh, what was that? Was that the breeze that hit me? I don't I don't know what that was. I'm saying it's like, it's not like it's that fucking hard to find, but they're so busy sucking the boot that's on their throat. It doesn't matter which boot, whether it be the right or the left. It's still a fucking boot, and it's pushing you under the water, and people are too busy sucking it off because it's security. How about this one? Even if we obtain regulatory approval for our product candidates, the products may not gain the market acceptance among physicians, patients, hospitals, treatment centers, and others in the medical community necessary for commercial success. In other words, they know <laughs> that it's shit. Yeah. Even with the requisite approvals, the commercial success of our product will depend in part of the medical community, patients, third parties, governmental payers, accepting. And you'll you'll find maybe maybe I'm reading this too much into this, but it says or governmental payers accepting immunotherapies. Wait, didn't we call this a gene therapy? Yep. Okay. making sure I've not gone crazy. <laughs> Additionally, ethical, social, and legal concerns about genetic research could result in additional regulations restricting or prohibiting the products and processes we may use. It is amazing what they call their own product when you sit here and they have to release it to the SEC. You Where's know? that big fucking bearded dude? You know, the one that gave me shit for almost two weeks about what an EUA stood for? You remember who I'm talking about? Yeah. The big man. Where the fuck is people like him when I'm sitting here looking at it? Goes, he even fucking called it an immunotherapy. He even said that it's not authorized. You know, what's funny is that even now, do you guys know anyone with any doctor that recommends that they get the vaccine like their own personal doctors not the doctors that we see on tv besides second no i i don't think i know anyone personally who has said that their doctor was really pushing for the vaccine it, it i hear the exact cool. opposite huh uh, like, I keep hearing the exact opposite more times than not, where they go, no, 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 your health is not to a point where you can take this. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, the, the doctors know that it's shit, and they haven't been recommending it. Like, private personal doctors, not the doctors on TV, private personal doctors. Can I be honest with you? 
What? I, th- I think me and Pops over here have just completely written off the medical field. <laughs> and Big Pharma. Like, I- I'll be honest with you. I was never anti-vaccine. I was always anti this vaccine. But the more that comes out and the more that you read, the more of them now I'm like, fuck you. I'm not taking any goddamn shots you give me. Do you know what my wake up was hmm. for vaccines? Like, I still, I, I believed in all of the vaccines until this one. Well, that's not entirely true. The HPV vaccine, mm-hmm. the the human papillomavirus that they decided that teenage boys should get so that they don't spread HPV from female to female. And mm-hmm. they started to push it on my son, my oldest. And I started to go, wait, what? Yeah, it, it just this way, if the woman doesn't get the shot and they're... That's no. like giving that's like giving a woman a prostate exam. And then it came out that it was dangerous that the HPV shot caused cancer. Yep. That's not suspicious. That's not weird. <clears throat> I was offered the HPV shot and I said no. Yeah, it's like the there was no long term testing. They just came out and said everybody needs to take this, and they got it added to the 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 juveniles. Uh, what's it called? Schedule. Schedule. What got me is that all the way up until four years ago, VARES was a reputable way of saying that a, a vaccine or a medication is having problems. Right. Up until two thousand twenty. And yeah. then out of yeah, then out of nowhere, it's like, oh, we can't, we can't trust it. It's not, it's not verifiable. I'm sitting here, it's like, is that because there's maybe like eight hundred thousand of them that have popped up in the last two months? Like, what the fuck? Millions. Vers has millions of adverse effects reported. When when the swine flu, which was the last big vaccine, you know, uh, disease that hit the United States, right? Did it kill like twenty people, and they were they pulled it. The vaccine killed 25 people and they pulled it off the market. We have millions and millions of adverse effects. It is responsible. Now, remember, they estimate that VAERS only reports or only, yeah, only reports between 1% and 10%, which means right now if there are 2.3 million adverse reactions, if that's 10%, that means there are 23 million adverse reactions. If it's 1%, it's 230 adverse, 230 million adverse reactions. Put that in another way. Since all of you are, are pro-life right, and don't like abortions, if you look at the number of miscarriages, it's already responsible for around 6,000 miscarriages. If that's 10% or 1%, how do those numbers grow? Between sixty and six hundred thousand. Yep. Which I don't know why we're surprised anymore. I mean, the government has been caught multiple times doing shit they shouldn't when it comes to healthcare. It is because they understand that deep down the American public does not care about life. Life is cheap. Yeah, that is why you have multiple states. Maryland has the you can kill your child 28 days after birth. 
What? Colorado has a bill that they just passed today authorizing the abortion 28 days after birth. California says that if your child dies from neglect seven days after birth, it's classified an abortion and you can't be held on charges. So I I looked up the California one today because I didn't believe it and I it was uh it wasn't accurate in California. Something along the lines of what you just said, that is accurate, but it wasn't how it was being sold on social media. But I didn't realize I didn't think to look at, up any other states because I didn't think that was a thing in any other states. Actually for once California's not the shittiest state. Maryland takes that cake. And Colorado now. Yeah, but who cares what Maryland says? You can't even have a flamethrower in that state. Fuck Maryland. <laughs> Man's got a point. <laughs> I mean, you can carry a flamethrower in every other state except for Maryland. How dare they? Right? I can't have fireworks in Connecticut. You can have a flamethrower? Yes, I can. And it gets sent to your house? You can sit here and have a flamethrower. I'll send you a website. There's one that fires 110 feet. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. That one's sexy. But I really want the one that, that fits on your wrist and it shoots 30 feet. How about the one that attaches to a drone? Okay, that's just wrong, all right? I, I'm already terrified of drones as it is thanks to you. <laughs> Hold on, i got to find that video. <laughs> I wasn't worried about drones, and then he shows me a video, and then, then he shows me another video of just thousands of drones coming flying out of a fucking blimp. Was oh, no, no, not that one. I was talking about the tracking uh, one. Oh, uh, the one that can actually, you know, make a decision and carry a small enough charge to kill you? Yeah, yeah th not that one. I'm talking about a different one. Oh, shit. You know, I oh. wanted a drone until we started hanging out, and then now I'm like, I don't, I don't want a drone anymore. I want a shotgun with a net attachment. Actually, I kind of want a, uh, I kind of want an A12 with a 60 round drum with those new tape mounts. <laughs> Are you ready? I already have the scariest fucking gun out of all y'all. You do. Yes, yes, you do. She has the the. the or are we talking about the the home defense rearranger yep. five thousand? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a gun. That's a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> I think it's this one. Hold on. <laughs> oh, leave your phone at home. Look it. That's that drone tracking all of that information via the cars. So, these are tracking multiple vehicles, multiple targets, all simultaneously. They don't need your phone anymore. And if they give you the chip, they won't even need this. <laughs> How fucked are we now? You sure you don't want a drone? Imagine if this had missiles on it or a flamethrower. I mean, no, look just... how accurate that is. So here, I mean, it tracks it, right? And then it goes to meet up with another vehicle. 
so they just backtrack where that vehicle was because they're keeping an eye on everything. See, they track it back to where it was so that they can find out where it originally came from. From a crime-fighting perspective, this is awesome. This is like Batman-level shit. Right, Until but when you, you think of report, but when you, you realize... think about tyrannical government, <laughs> uh huh, is it the Minority Report or the other one where they actually charge you with a crime before you actually do it? Minority Report, yeah. That's it, Freya. You're a criminal. I'm a criminal. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're on longer lists, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna use your your behavioral patterns. Okay. <laughs> so you're gonna cast a hex on somebody, and that's illegal. And so just... <laughs> the saddest part is. That's a good question. <laughs> Say again. She using that bad juju. I said that she was going to cast a hex on somebody that's illegal. She goes, how do you think I got you to marry me? <laughs> it's like, it's a fucking good question, actually. That's easy. She paid me 20 bucks. And then we tricked you into it. <laughs> I was only I'm worth 20 bucks. I was only worth 20 bucks. I thought I would be at least worth 50 or 60. I mean, come on. You were on Dude, I have done shadier shit than that for a fucking six pack of beer. <laughs> That's not shadier shit than that for a fucking Klondike. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. What do you think? True? Yeah, fucking facts. They're not predicting food shortages. They're they're preparing them. It's just like the, like I mentioned earlier, when you 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 mentioned it the other day when we were talking about the the oil, the fact that we opened up our strategic oil reserves, we sent it everywhere else but here, uh, and then we've got food, we've got all sorts of fucking goods that are stacked up on the on the coast because we can't bring them in, and you're like, at what point do you realize that this isn't an actual natural or organic shortage it's a planned and executed one yep sorry i had to go silent there were some end bombs being dropped (laughs) fine that's not the worst thing they're gonna find when they scan this particular episode so (laughs) bunch of fucking scrubs (laughs) All right. Well, we are at an hour. Uh, we'll we'll change platforms so we can continue this conversation offline, and we can keep harassing uh, Mister Tear. So, with that being said, I'm Odin. This is Tear, and our beloved Freya. We will see you on another episode of Winter's Call podcast. What do you mean harassment? <laughs>